to get up and do my thing. I want to get into it, man, you know. Like a, like a sex machine, man. Moving, doing it, you know. Can I count it off? One, two, three, four. Welcome into a Monday edition, live from the Carter Volkswagen studio on a sunny, sunny Monday day. We start off, of course, it's it's draft coverage galore this Ooh. week. Draft is only three days away. Can you I, contain your excitement? I got to say, I, I, that defensive end from Tennessee, his feet. You like him? His feet, he's got quick feet. He's strong. He, You know, he bench pressed 4,000 pounds 17 times at the Combine. Uh, Gas's big board is going to be making its debut. I can't tell you when and where, yeah, but it's going to be this week. Making its debut this week, so stick around yeah. for Gas's big board. Did I, did I tell you the conversation, the brief conversation I had with uh, with uh, the program dog director, Purple Sheet? He came yeah. up to me. He seems post- in a foul mood today for a Monday. He, I haven't I don't talked know, to him. Testy. He's got kids, and it's Monday, and it's, it's not got, easy. Yeah, yeah. It's not easy. It wears on you. Life is aggravating. There's aggravation in life. It happens. I had a long weekend. Uh, he comes up to me. I did too. I had a great weekend. He comes up to me about three or four days ago and just says, hey, I got a question. Do, do, uh, do you need a pass to be out at the VMAC? Do you need to be out there for any reason? I said, do you want me? He goes, not really. And I go, okay, well, you just answered your own question. Come on by and say hi. Now, I told I'll, you I'll get what in we're going to do is a lot of, it's a lot of gambling. I like that part of it, but I can you can call me if you want and I'll sure. throw in some. But I, I'll get in the way. You guys are, look, look what am I going to add to a show that's featuring Hugh Millen, Ooh. Tony Softly? I mean, I'm honest to God, these guys are experts. They know what they're doing. Holmgren, what am I going to add There's to that group? There's a great salad bar there that the, I think is the greatest I, salad I bar in the world. The only thing I'd add is I'd keep reminding Hugh that I was sitting next to him when he went berserk about Russell Wilson. Remember <laughs> that, Hugh? Remember you and I were sitting there? And, and here's the thing, as I always say when I say that story, he was not alone. Oh, sure. Hugh's been painted as the only guy who didn't right. think Russell Wilson was going to be great. And everybody was like, they've what got a meat carving station that is wonderful. Uh, if it's just they've about they've got unlimited peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. It is. Uh, they've like got that. popcorn. They've got mm. a whole like mixed nuts. Boy, so far you've named stuff that I can get at my house if I don't already have no, them. No, but it's but it's convenient. It's open. It's there the whole time. The only uh, what is more convenient, like going than, what's is, more convenient than my house? Well, for me, we don't got to pay for it. But that but that know? that is a fair point. But I can afford this. I've been blessed okay. with enough in my life that I can go buy a can of mixed nuts. I can. I don't know if I'm going to have a meat carving well, station. I, that might be a little much. But yeah. I could certainly cook a steak. Hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna invest in anything, I'm telling you, someone just to come over to your house for a meat carving station. <laughs> huh? If I had all the money in the world. I'm gonna find a meat carver. I'll get my neighbor. My neighbor. I, I, I pressed, <laughs> is I, he hard up for cash? No, <laughs> not at all. My poor neighbor Matt. I call him neighbor of the year. I I've pestered him for everything over a decade now. Yeah. Uh, my washer doesn't work. Can you come look at it? I mean, because I can't. I can't get from here to the door. I I, I have no business owning a home. My well, wife's actually pretty good, but she's never around. She's out actually doing need, a job. You need help. Yeah. I'm I need help all the time. Same boat. I, yeah. Right. I I need that. So I can't do anything. Uh, this is also starting off uh, the uh, this week, and I'll, I'm going to give you our draft coverage here. In just a second because it it starts actually uh, tonight Uh, starting today it is a uh, hashtag free guillermo show and it really it's a free guillermo week (laughs) i wish i had known that because i had to put that in the poll question i wish i had known hashtag free and if if twitter would get an edit button i could add that my apologies but it does and of course it's a free guillermo heredia so we will be doing a free guillermo show every it's it's a benefit 
Mm-hmm. It's a benefit show. We'll be doing 10 shows. We won't get to be released. Raise money to bring Guillermo back uh, from Tacoma. And it leads mm-hmm. us to our daily uh, poll question. We, we will one. Where will Guillermo Heredia spend his free time in Tacoma? He's got 10 big days now at least. It's a maybe longer. Tacoma. How about if he just hits the cover off the ball and they refuse to bring him? How about if he goes down there and he hits like 740 in the first 10 days? Like, we got to bring him up. Nope, nope, sorry. We like what he's doing. We're facing really too many right-handers, and that might, that might he's a delicate flower, and if he has to face a right-hander, he'll wilt. Oh. So we're going to leave. He sets like every minor league hitting record yeah. ever, even though he missed a month of the season. He hits 78 home runs. He just, it's crazy. Where will he spend his free time in Tacoma? We have four choices. Singing karaoke with John McGrath. I don't know if you know this. John McGrath is a talented singer. He's unbelievable. I've heard. John, John was. He told me the story. He was thinking of going into doing some stand-up comedy. John likes to perform. Mm-hmm. And he did a stand-up comedy routine. Right? He said it really went well. And he walked out of it. And he's like, I'm on top of the world. And there was a bar like right next to it. It's hard to believe McGrath would go from bar to bar. No. He goes in. They're doing karaoke. And he goes in. And he sings a couple songs. And he's like, wait a minute. A, I'm never going to be funnier than I just was next door. Right. I've hit my peak as a comedian, but B, I like singing. This is so he's a big karaoke guy. So if Guillermo likes to sing, he'd go out with John, right? Yes. Uh, at the West End with Divish. I'm assuming this is another Tacoma bar. It's a kind of an, a Tacoma establishment. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just a real kind of a, a bar fly. You get after it kind of bar in, in Tacoma. Yeah. yeah, it's it's exactly where you would find a couple of scribes, long time yeah. yeah. scribes. In the journalism industry, bell it up to the bar drinking. Heredia and Divish bemoaning the fate. Yeah. At the, at the, Talking about free Guillermo. All right. Third uh, thing Guillermo will be doing during his off time is watching S2 with Super Dave, with our pal <laughs> Super Dave, who's doing the broadcast Super for S2. Super Dave Clark. Super Dave is, I, there, there might not be a, a more uh, knowledgeable slash passionate observer of soccer in this town than Super Dave Clark. He's great. He, he's su- he is super. He lives, and he's been that way for 25, ever since I met him. Yeah. He's like a He's a Kent Ridge Charger. Yeah, he is a Kent Ridge Charger. So watching S2 with Super Dave, that could be possible. And then the fourth is having pizza at the Cloverleaf with Curto. Oh, that's where I would go. You, it, that's my vote. That's One of these days we will take, because Jackson hasn't been down there. Mm-hmm. I doubt that you have been down there. Maybe we do, a, we do a road trip. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we can convince Terry Ryan that there's some type of WHL hockey angle to it, we could do a show from the Cloverleaf. <laughs> uh, we, I want everyone to experience Cloverleaf pizza down in Tacoma. And it's well, not as good if you get it and bring it up here. It's still good. It's not the same. You need well, it piping hot out of the oven. Why couldn't we do an S2 road trip? Why can't we go down and watch the AAA affiliate sure. of the Your Seattle Sounders uh, yeah. to play at Genie Stadium, which is kind of a cool deal that yeah. they did. It's a neat sure. business deal that they've done. And we'll go down, we'll have some pizza, and then we'll, we'll go with Guillermo and, and yeah. sit with Super Dave and watch the biggest. Well, Super Dave will let us sit in the booth. We'll have a hell of a time. Yeah. We'll have a few beers, and we'll go up to the booth and harass and, Super and Dave Guillermo during the broadcast. will probably still be down in Tacoma, so it'll be fine. But Guillermo, who is hitting 890 right now, no one could believe his average. Could, he went over four, and his average still went up because he's setting every record in minor league history. Uh, so there's your, what are the, uh, who is the landslide? Isn't there a landslide uh, uh, no. leader right now? No, 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 no. It, uh, very early returns. Shockey's not as experienced with the poll. As I am, you shouldn't really listen to him analyze the returns. Shocky likes poll. No, no, well, there's no doubt. No question. At the West End with Divish has 41 percent of the vote, and Pizza at the Cloverleaf with Curto has 35 percent. Wow, okay. Watching S2 with Super Dave, a weak third with 17 could still make a run, but but it, the Sounders fans really have to get on this. And S2 fans singing karaoke with McGrath inexplicably last because that to me sounds like the most fun. Well, and. 
what kind of audience are we dealing with nowadays? Do they all know who John McGrath is? You I imagine they I do because in those yeah. karaoke bars, I don't go yeah. to them, but boy, it's a circuit. Yeah. And people know it's like, hey, this guy's good, and and the good people go to like the same places. My wife a... loves the karaoke. Oh, boy, oh, I just I if I right got... to Janice Joplin, right? Her and Janice Joplin, they're, if, they're two I, peas in a pod. If I have time to listen to music, I prefer. This is just me, a professional professional musician. Sure. Now, look, I get people like to go out and sing. You take the office out. You have. A, I mean, one of the big disappointments of my life is at my brother's 50th birthday, we, we were about on our third and, thankfully, final stop of the night in Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, we were rolled, the whole family, about 40 <laughs> of us out. I mean, lit up. And we had talked to Renee. She was going to sing Hang On Sloopy. They had karaoke at this oh, bar. And Renee, you. and Renee is on deck. She's got the mic, and they they, nope, they said, you know, it's five till three. You, it's it. The bar's closed. And, and Renee was... Disappointed and relieved all at the same time because it was going to be a we, sensational version. We, when we lived over in Greenwood, we used to go to the rickshaw. Anybody know the rickshaw? Oh, yeah, the rickshaw, hundred and fifth sure. in Greenwood, and sure. and the rickshaw is kind of a legendary karaoke place. And there used to be a guy that would belly up to the bar, the right end bar, and just he brought his own CD, uh, mm-hmm. his, his own CDs, mm-hmm. and would mm-hmm. sit and be like, "No, no, no, I have I like my <laughs> CDs. They're better, and they they're they're more tailored toward me." Right. Right. And it's that type. You get that type of crowd in there. Yeah, it's a big deal to these people that do it. And good for them. I, I'm not a fan of it, but but for the people that dig it, good for them, man. All right, here's their. So it's a uh, it's a free Guillermo week, free Guillermo show today. Uh, we'll get another draft. Yeah, Hugh Millen's going to join the program today. In fact, he's going to join us in the next segment to break down uh, the draft. Gary Hill, former Murrow School of Com- Communication, a classmate of mine, now doing. Uh, the radio work for the Mariners, who I'm telling, I spent a lot of time in the car this week, this weekend, a lot of time in the car. You're hearing a lot of Making, Gary Hill. I did a lot of Gary Hill because yeah. because he's Killing. one of the few Mariner broadcasters who was not nearly well, mortally wounded in a pickup basketball game. I'm going to tell Rick Riz right now, I'd get back fast, or you're going to be Wally Pipped. You, you think so? No, get, get back, come on, get back fast. Come get, on, look, Gary. they won't release Ichiro. They're not going to release Rizzy. That'd be Gary. like releasing Bambi into the wild. You can't do that. I mean, we're, you're going to have two guys talk to each other coming up uh, later in the show. The program at 11, 11 o'clock. We used to do uh, volleyball games at mm-hmm. uh, Bowler Gym in Pullman. Ah, nice on the radio. And look so, where you've landed. And look where we're at now. So Gary, Gary's a major league baseball guy, and you're saddled <laughs> with me. It, it, it's a, what a shame. Uh, Marco Gonzalez scheduled to join us lunch with listeners uh, today. He's pitching tomorrow. Mariners still on their road trip. They're taking on the. Uh, uh, White Sox uh, today because you've got uh, Mike Leak. We've got Sparky against Miguel Gonzalez, Marco Gonzalez tomorrow against Carson Fulmer, and Felix against uh, James Fields uh, coming up there on Wednesday. So, so the big news, of course, yesterday is that they they made the uh, the roster move with Ramirez. Ramirez comes up, and then mm-hmm. they they send Guillermo Heredia down, and- which catches everyone like, what, well, what's going on? Why would we? option Guillermo Heredia down and not just DFA each row. Wait a minute, it didn't catch you that way. You've been saying this is exactly what was going to happen. You and I have argued about this. just kind of felt this. like this was going to be him. You was thought all along, didn't catch you by surprise no. at all. You had to not go, ah, uh-huh. Yeah, there was a lot of people who were like, wow, I can't believe they did this. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm just, I, I just wasn't surprised. I thought this kind of was always the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I kind of felt they're going to keep him on the roster all season, but I'm starting to probably not agree with that anymore. I think that they'll eventually get rid of him. I think they're definitely doing this to bring him back to say goodbye in the homestand. That to Oakland me, or the Angels series. And yeah. I've always thought the Angels, because they want, when I say they, whoever over there, in the back of their minds, mm-hmm. it just penciled out perfectly. 
if Otani were to pitch, he could pitch against him. Now, because yeah. of the blister, right. I don't think Otani's going to be able to pitch against the Mariners. He could pitch on Sunday. It would be on five days rest, and he hasn't done it this year. Well, here's the thing, and, and whether that is – I think the idea of releasing him in Texas versus is there any way we could – because, you know, remember, when, when Gamble – and I, I'm sounding like I'm going to be apologizing for them. I'm as flummoxed by this as the next. I told you all along you were full of it. I said, you're wrong. They're going to cut Ichiro. He, it's clear. It's clear what's going on. It's the clear baseball decision. It's the baseball decision, and none of these guys service, and DePoto, they don't have any connection with each other, although I'm, I'm starting to wonder about DePoto, and I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But but my thinking would be that, uh, um, you know, they look at it, and they expected Gamble to be back May 1st, which is maybe why they brought each other and said, okay, they'll, they'll give yeah. us a month. We don't have to make a decision until May 1st. And 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 by then we'll know. By then maybe we'll see Ichiro still got a little gas left in the tank, and we will have a tough decision to make, or we'll know for sure that we don't have it. And then all of a sudden, Gamble gets back quicker. So suddenly this percolated and became a much bigger talking point and story than I think they thought it was going to become. And I think it may be as simple. And look, I'm not saying this is the right thing, but I would understand if they wanted to say what what you just said there. Look, a a it hasn't cost them a game yet. I get why people are mad, but you have you have to be honest. Has, has this cost them a game? This is the fact that they've got each row. I don't think it's it's. I don't think it's cost them a game, but I mean. So so just for that, I, well, just, but just, I would say that when he was ready to come off, when Gamble was ready to go, mm-hmm. when they faced McCullers, he should have been on the team because he should have been facing Lance McCullers, not Ichiro. So. Okay, that, that's fair. I mean, if you want to say that cost him a game, I don't know if they would have won the game. Right. But... Okay, that's fair enough. Okay, so it hadn't, you know, maybe it's cost him a game. It hasn't cost him much yet. And if they're looking at it in the bigger picture and go, look, man, this guy is 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 one of the five great players in our franchise's history. We'd rat if we can nurse this thing along. Is there a, is there a plausible excuse? Like, well, we're facing seven consecutive days of right-handers. I I don't buy. It. I think the the well, over. I mean, and I'm going to shoot that one down right now. And, and if I hear that one more time from Jerry Depoto, I'm going to mm-hmm. throw up in my mouth. <laughs> you know what his batting average is against right-handers this year? Who, Guillermo he? Heredia. Guillermo Heredia. He's hitting three thirty-three with an on-base of four thirty-eight. Right. Well. 12 at-bats, 17 plate appearances. Against left-handers this year, 20 plate appearances, 17 at-bats. He's hitting 294 with an on-base of 400. Mm-hmm. So please stop telling me that there's a bunch of right-handers and he can't play. Because the other part about what makes this so embarrassing for this organization is is that Ben Gamble's going to start every game, not Ichiro. Ben Gamble's going to be playing. Right. So The it, only it, time Ichiro's going to see the field is in a pitch-hit situation against a left-hander or it's a reliever, or you need someone to run, or well, a defensive replacement. Yeah, and the other thing that you just said, to your to your point on that, is, yeah, you're going to face seven straight days of right-handers until you get them out of the game, then you're going to start seeing lefties. And no, nobody, yeah, nobody uses so, starters for one five innings right, anyway. So when there's a left-hander coming out of the bullpen, and mm-hmm. you're like, well, God, it would be really cool to have a guy that's had pretty good, a lot of success this year against right-handers. We could use him, right. or, or a left-hander. You don't have him. I mean... I'll just repeat what I said last week. I, there's two words that keep coming to mind. One, I, it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm embarrassed for the organization they put themselves in the situation because this is just embarrassing. It's embarrassing that we're – I thought this was going to be a new regime of an ownership group, and I thought we weren't going to do stuff like this anymore, and we're doing it again. Mm-hmm. And then the other word is just I'm just dis, I'm more disappointed than anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just disappointed yeah. because I thought professional sports is about winning and putting the best players on the field, right. and, and, and they had a golden opportunity to send a message – we weren't going to do stuff like this anymore, and they've done it. Is there any? And look, I'm, I'm, as I said, I spent all month ridiculing you, saying they're going to cut each row. So don't, don't paint me no, as no, being no, no. for this move. No, I know you. But what I would say is, is there any room to argue 
that with a legend, you try and carve out a way to say goodbye in a more graceful manner than he was released in Texas. They ha- Yes, on the last homestand when Gamble was back. All right, but you didn't. Yeah. So now you, you, you're, you're faced now. You have, you have to deal with the here and the now. So, okay, we waited, and nobody else got hurt. And now now we're up against it. Now we got to call up your ass. What are we going to do? Are we going to cut him in Texas, or are we going to wait nine days and bring him back here? And then is, is, is that... Is there any legitimacy to that argument? Oh, I think that's what they want to do. Right. I just, it doesn't matter to me. I think it's right. once he's ready to go, he's off the team. Right. And they should have known that. But and I, I guess I'm disappointed they didn't execute and have a the exit strategy yeah. mapped well, out better. Let's come back to it because I've got an idea about DePoto and each row that I think's at least worth discussing. Uh, NFL draft, of course, uh, starts this Thursday. The uh, Millen Mahler mock draft is Wednesday. Uh, One half of that, Hugh Millen, will join us next. Back to Puck and the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage. Sports Radio 950, KJR. Oh, one of my favorite uh, pitchers is back with the Seattle Mariners. Breaking news. Heredia, they called him up. He's going to start today's game. They got rid of one Cuban and they brought another one back. (laughs) The defector. This is, I mean, uh, oh, man. uh, Rowenis Elias. Is back with the Mariners. The Red Sox have traded uh, Rowanis to the Mariners in exchange for a player to be named later or cash consideration. Uh, they're down there. They're Trader Jerry, he's down there working it. I love this guy. He's working it. Oh, I love him so much. Yeah, He's one of my favorite all-time Mariner sure. pitchers. Was he all that good? Nah, nah. Hit miss. That doesn't matter. Him. I love him. You know, you look, look it's, you can have a favorite, but it's part of baseball. You have a favorite player who's just an average everyday guy but he's a good bulldog man he'll go right yeah. after you. he always thinks he's got better stuff than he really does but there he is they made a uh, made a trade today uh to add uh elias to the uh, roster in exchange for a player to be named later cash considerations mm-hmm. there you go all right all right deal with the uh, red sox uh joining us right now on the beacon plumbing oh, this hotline is gonna, this is gonna be good our nfl draft <laughs> expert hugh millen who you will hear him <laughs> wall-to-wall hey. coverage this week starting wednesday Okay. Of course, with the uh, Mahler Millen mock draft, uh, which uh, hits the airwaves at three o'clock uh, this Wednesday over at Dino's. Hi, Hugh. How are you? Pod gas. How are you guys? Gas don't oversell now. Uh, no, no. That's well, me in the the role of under delivering. Puck has told me that what I need to do is really corner you on exactly who the Hawks are going to take. <laughs> Number 18, I want a player. Hugh, no more dodging from you. I want a pick right now. I said not. Don't do that. Yes, when you were a Hoosier, did you cram for your finals? Never. No, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was one of these prepare guys, right? Uh, no, no, I'd go in and just wing it and hope I had, you know, oh. there was enough osmosis involved that maybe I picked up a few things here and yeah, there. Yeah, well. Unfortunately, that doesn't help when you got to scout players. So right. I still got four uh, sleepless nights, uh, and and I've had many. But um, you know, I, I before I lock into that thought, I you know I just I feel a little uh, under under uh, uh, underdressed, I should say, to to try and make a prediction like that. I got to see uh-huh. all these guys. I know as much as I can. I know. Well, and I, I've told the story before. I make you... mistakes like the uh, yeah. I make the mistakes like the Russell Wilson, yeah. right? Well, but you weren't alone. I mean, that, you and I are sitting there that day, and you were very passionate about it because that's how you are. 
But but you've been painted over the years as yeah well you know everybody else knew it was a brilliant pick balderdash none of us thought it was a good pick we all thought they had wasted a pick on a guy because they had just spent ten billion dollars to get Flynn in so you it shows you Q it, it, at the end of the day and not to discount what all of you guys who look at the draft do but it, it shows you what a crapshoot it is who knows right well for, first of all uh, the the foremost point is. Um, I'm stupid. You're smart. It was really uh, stupid of me, wasn't it, to say that? Now I, I do every year. I do every year say, look, I study the guys that I think are going to be first rounders, about the top forty guys. Right. I watch them all the game tape, and I, feel, I always, uh, you know, I say I'm not I'm Mel Kiper. I'm not going to know seven rounds in. Right. So all I could remember is Russell Wilson couldn't win the damn Rose Bowl against those Ducks. That's right. And so, right. And so. Uh, uh, you know, at that time, now, I would say the one just slightly uh, mitigating maybe uh, um, comment I had made was I said, look, if you're going to do that, um, I, I said one guy, take Nick Foles. How about Nick Foles? Remember that? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Now, I understand Russell Wilson has had a substantially better career than Nick Foles. But and anyway, you know, I, uh, I think Russ at the time, 5'10 and 5'8s. Uh, to play the quarterback position, uh, you know, I just thought this guy's going to have to walk on water to be able to compensate for that. And that's a Jason Garrett term, by the way, my old teammate. Um, you know, I I called him up. Uh, I said, hey, what do you think of Russell? He says, well, you know, hey, he didn't speak specifically about Russell. He says, but he goes, look, we have a height, weight kind of protocol, you know, um, and, and, and we think that, you know, you play the percentages and guys tend to fit in these boxes. Will we go outside the box? Yes. But a guy's got to walk on water. I remember him using that term. Guy's got to walk on water for us to um, pull ourselves out of that box. And I, and I think he intimated, you know, we just didn't quite think that, that he did. But, yeah. you know, a lot of people, a lot of people did. Right. Uh, you know, most, most everybody kind of felt that way. So, so hey, uh, I, I don't think anybody's beyond looking like a fool, and certainly I did in that regard. But, you know, I've had to comment on every Husky and every Seahawk quarterback for about 19 years, man. It's uh, uh, it's not an easy gig. You got to put your stones on the line. That's right. Uh, Hugh Millen joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. All right, so our draft coverage basically starts tonight. I just want to give people a quick uh, a quick uh, preview of what you're going to hear and uh, from this uh, this week leading up to the draft. So tonight we got Tony Softley, Rob Rank, the next two nights from six to eight doing their uh, NFL draft preview. And then I mentioned before on Wednesday, you got Softy and Hugh will be down at Dino's from 3 to 6.30 for the 9.50 KJR mock draft. Uh, Rang and Softly will be back from 6 to 8, or so I would assume 7 to 8, uh, for the draft preview show. Then Thursday, you're going to he- hear Hugh on essentially all day long. He's going to be with Softy, then he's going to be with myself and Chuck, uh, and then also Tony on Thursday, Friday, and then even and then on Saturday, you're going to hear him on with Chuck uh, from twelve to three o'clock over at the VMAX. So we're we're beating Hugh uh, into the ground Good. Good. this week. What when you when you make your chart, you and you start looking ahead to the draft on Thursday, Hugh, the uh, the needs for the Seahawks. How what how would you rank them for you as you head well, into Thursday? I, I would first of all say that there's more needs now than I can remember in a long, long time because I, I'm not sure that there's any real unit on the field other than maybe linebacker. But of course, they're always going to say they need linebacker depth, uh, particularly for special teams and what have you. But 
But um, I think that every position is at least in a moderate position in need. I mean, you, I'll start with the offensive line. I still don't feel great about Ethan Posick mm-hmm. and Jermaine Fetty uh, on that line. That's that's two-fifths of that line. And so so if they can bring in competition in those spots, um, you know, the Ethan, Ethan Posick, they say, well, he's going to get heavier. Well, he went to LSU. Um, I've been at their facility. They got a pretty cool weight room. They got a lot of forty-five pound plates, and I assume they all weigh weigh forty-five pounds. Why do we? Does he need to get a lot stronger now? You know, Jermaine Effetti takes too deep of a set for me uh, in his pass drop. So those are concerns. Tight end, of course, is a concern. Uh, receiver, they've acquired a couple of guys from Philly and Arizona that may add, but I still think they need that that kind of mid to large receiver running back is a position need um, uh, defensively. They need some pass. They only got one real pass rusher that you think you can count on in Frank Clark. That's, that's as important as any position on a defensive field. You still need a corner. Uh, who knows what the safety situation is. So I, I think that uh, gas puck, I, I can't recall in the last six, seven, eight years, feeling like there's more needs than what Seattle has now. Sounds like you think they'll be active. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but that, that a path they might take if they concur with you that they have a lot of holes is to be active in trying to acquire more picks, which would hardly be a shock. That's how they've been every year at the draft. But that this year, more than ever, if they've got this many holes, Hugh, they need they need more more bodies. Well, that's been kind of their MO, as, as you state there, and I can't imagine they're not going to duplicate that. I, I would if I had to bet, I don't think we're going to be talking about a pick on day one. Mm-hmm. I think they'll trade out of 18, and I bet they'll do more than once. I mean, what's the over-under on how many times they trade out of that? Is it, is it, so it's no lower than one and a half, right? I mean, right. you could even, right? I mean, so, so, I mean, if I'm betting, you know, I'd, I'd take probably the over on one and a half. So, so I think that, that that's going to serve them well. Acquire some guys. It's far less likely to, to result in a name that you love coming out of the weekend. But if you're shrewd and you're identifying talent, you know, I, I can remember Bobby Wagner. Eh, who the hell is Bobby Wagner? Right. Uh, second round, you know, Utah State. Does that really excite me? Well, you know, umpteen Pro Bowls later and a possible, you know, voyage to Canton. Um yeah, I'm really excited about that pick. Of course, that was a second rounder. So, so there's there's uh, examples of plenty of them getting those you know mid mid round picks, uh, those second third day guys. They they've just got to be able to connect like they were in those years 2010 to 2012. Uh, Hugh Millen joining us here on the Beacon Pumping uh, Hotline, Puck and Gas, and again, Hugh is going to be with us all week long. Uh, for our NFL draft coverage, which really starts tonight. you got Rang and Tony Softley. We'll have shows here the next three days uh, from 6 to 8 o'clock. Then we got the Mahler Mill and Mock Draft on Wednesday. And then we'll take the whole gang. We're taking a bus over. I don't know if you know this, Hugh. It's a drinking bus. We're all going to head over on Thursday to the VMAC, Thursday and Friday. So it's kind of like a booze cruise. That's actually what we should have done. We should have taken one of those Argosy booze cruises over Lake Washington right to the right to the draft war room and just come in there like a bunch of pirates like they do like they you do know, from Seattle. time to time we, us old guys we got to revisit those frat days right of course right. of course um well you lift you you listed off almost every single position on the team if I know. um what is what's the most pressing need for this team right now i mean let, let's say they could only draft one position group 
uh, th- this year. Is it is it still offensive, say line? offensive line? Offensive line still. I'm still going to say yeah. offensive line, and 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 you want to pin me down? I'll say right tackle. I okay. I just look and say what position has prevented them from reaching their highest potential the most. To me, it's right tackle. Uh, Jermaine and Fetty just hasn't done it for me. Okay. You know, your your old coach, and obviously it's a much different thing, but your old coach at college, uh, uh, the late, great Don James, once told me he recruited five offensive linemen, a minimum, five offensive linemen a year, period, whether he needed them or not because he knew he'd need them eventually. Obviously this is a different thing, Hugh, but to your point, you want to get as many cards in your hand as you can with that offensive line, and it's been an area of weakness for this team really since Super Bowl Forty Eight ended. it's It's been an area that has been eroding since then. Yeah, and you know the the um, the disillusioning part, Gas, is that Seattle has a used sixteen picks uh, since Carroll and Schneider got there. That is number one in the NFL, not, not tied for one. That's one outright uh, most picks. And then you say, well, are, are they mid late round picks? Does that really count? Well, they have these things called the uh, the draft value chart that assigns a particular numeric value to every pick. And the teams have these charts available, and they consult them as they're, they're, they're uh, exercising their trades. They look down and say, well, if, if I'm going to give you my second, then, then that equates to a third and a fifth or something like that. You know? And so they have a numerical value. If you go by uh, – this, this isn't going to mean much to anybody, but the Shukers chart, the value chart, which is kind of replacing the Jimmy Johnson chart because it's based on more, uh, you know, firm data through the years. The Shukers draft chart value, Seattle has more points allotted to the offensive line. It was like 5,200 and change uh, on that chart. Uh, by reference, the second most is 4,700. So even when you start to, to get granular on this thing, Seattle, by any way, you reasonably – uh, uh, analyze and then throw a lot of the uh, the free agent acquisitions that they've had. You know, you know um, throwing eight million at Luke Jokel or Robert Galloway or uh, Gallery. They have tried, and the fact that they are in the discussion year after year, you know, at least over the last couple three years, uh, as possibly the worst offensive line in football, just speaks to not their effort at it. Just their their lack of acumen. They're just you know it's just they're, just, they're swinging and missing. Do we expect that's that to change? Point. We expect that to change with Solari. I mean, because because basically we all, we've all we criticized Cable in this town. I mean, everyone has that, that that this could he was the primary reason why the line was was terrible, and everyone has assumed that he had he had the entire say on the offensive line and what they drafted, and he worked them out and all that. And he was the final say in that draft room. Does it? Do we expect now to Mike Solari just changes? You, you know, I don't, I don't want to um, you know parse your words too much, Puck. There, but when you say final say, technically, I would say no. I I believe that structurally, Pete Carroll has the final say, right. and John Schneider, of course, has great input. Um, I I would say it'd be more accurate to say that Tom Cable took a very active role in scouting the the linemen and and submitting his requests. And I believe that the club, in turn, gave him virtually carte blanche uh, autonomy on on those acquisitions. There was just something you could sense. I've been in every one of those post game, uh, or excuse me, uh, draft post draft 
press conferences, and they wheel in Tom Cable, and by all accounts, it, it seems as though that's his pick. So I guess that's good news if we're if we're summarizing that they've had these failures, and we're we're making the claim that Tom Cable was so central in those decisions, one could reasonably conclude that they've got to get better uh, if if for no other reason somebody else is making the decisions. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I, I'm going to be intrigued with what they do this weekend. Obviously, like everybody else, just because. You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who who made that final call. Was Cable or Solari, and or, or was it Cable back in the day? How much say will Solari have? I guess we'll never know because we're never really in that in those uh, draft war rooms. Hugh, appreciate it, buddy. I know it's a busy week for you. Thanks so much for carving a few minutes with us today. Hammer down, guys. Thanks. Thanks, right. Hugh. Hugh Millen, and I catch you again Wednesday. Dinos with Softy, the uh, Miller Mullen mock draft. Mullen? Did I say Mullen? I did. Yeah, that's fine. I did. The Miller. Miller Mil- Mullen. Mil- Millen. Instead of Mahler, Millen. Millen Mahler mock draft. We've got so many experts. I, I forgot my friend Rob Rang to Rob mention him Rang? earlier. Our, honest to God, there is not a sports radio station no, anywhere right. in the country. I, I, I believe it. Look, this is coming from a guy who doesn't really pay a lot of attention to the draft. Look at the roster we've got of people that can analyze this stuff. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, again, Tony Softley, Rob Rang, tonight... Uh, tomorrow and then on Wednesday, we'll be hosting an NFL Draft preview show from 6 to 8 o'clock. Again, the mock draft on Wednesday with Softy and Hugh starting at 3 o'clock over at Dino's. And then Thursday, we get underway. Uh, Ian will be at Dino's from 1 to 3. Uh, Tony will be joining him for the final hour from 2. Or, excuse me, Tony will be on there 2 to 3 o'clock. Uh, then what else do we got? We, then Softy takes over with Hugh, Holmgren. And then uh, Tony again, and then I'll be over there with Chuck and Hugh and Tony. We'll just be there all week long. Guillermo Heredia is sitting in for an hour with Rob Rang, analyzing the linebackers. Free Guillermo, the hashtag. Where is Guillermo? You can still vote on the Gasman Twitter poll, Gasman206. Find it out on Twitter. We'll find out what everyone did this weekend next. Today. Now back to Puck and the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage. Sports Radio 950 KJR. Yeah, worth repeating one more time as the draft gets underway uh, this week. <laughs> it is Seattle's best NFL draft coverage starting tonight. Tony Softly, Rob Rank, 6 to 8 o'clock. You want to, first of all, Rob Rank knows everything about every single player, and so does Tony Softly. And Rob, if you can listen to him close enough, he also knows a lot about what the Seahawks are going to do. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he's got a, he's got a good ear, good uh, eye for what the Seahawks will be looking at. So, starting tonight, Tony Softly, Rob Rang, six to eight o'clock. Uh, they'll be on Monday tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday previewing uh, the NFL draft, and then our mock draft show with Softy and Hugh at Dino's, three o'clock on Wednesday, and then Thursday gets all started. Ian's going to be over there. Tony's going to be over there. Uh, and then Softy and Hugh with Holmgren and Tony Softly will be at the VMAC. Myself, uh, Chuck, Hugh, Tony from the VMAC from 7 to 9 o'clock. Wow. And then uh, on Friday, uh, Jason Lock and Four of CBS Sports will join the guys in the morning at 8 o'clock. Holmgren will join uh, Chuck and Buck at 9 o'clock. Uh, again, Ian will be at Dino's from 1 to 3, Tony from 2 to 3, and uh, Softy, Hugh, and Tony from the VMAC from 3 to 7. Then myself, Chuck, and Hugh and Tony from the VMAC from 7 to 9 o'clock. And then uh, Saturday we'll be there from 9 in the morning until when they uh, they finish up. 
and they bring John Schneider and Pete Carroll out to wrap up the draft. So I would say basically from nine o'clock to probably six on Saturday. I, I and can, when will you be over there? Can you start back with what's <laughs> happening tonight? I, I I just found a pen and okay. I want to write some of this down. We when, we are when, just going to have coverage the whole week and yeah. better than anyone in town. When, when you said it's worth repeating one more time, I thought you were going to say it's worth repeating one more time. Do not ask you a specific pick at 18. Don't ask him a specific pick and you did it. <laughs> I told you. You and I have a long history. We have a long history uh, together and we should have asked him about music because he's a big music he's guy. A huge music frankly, guy. it's more interesting. I know. Uh, Gary Hill, the new voice who's going to Wally Pip, uh, Rick Riz is going to join us wow. uh, at 11 o'clock. Marco Gonzalez, tomorrow starting pitcher, will join us at 12.30. We'll get back and eat you a little bit later in the Program. and also uh the nfl draft and we got to touch on the uh, on the playoffs as well in the uh in the nba but how was your weekend how was my my yeah. weekend was great my weekend was outstanding we uh, uh saturday we had a, a negative low tide it was way way out and we went down there my wife there's an eagle right we're, we're used to seeing eagles down there she get attacked like like paxton no she didn't there's an eagle maybe 30 yards from her and she's like i wonder how close i can get and she gets up a little closer and then she just decides for some reason to hit the video and as she hits the video, about 10 seconds later, the eagle takes off, and she's just got it. She put it on her Facebook page. It's really cool. There's, there's like four or 500 views of it Unbelievable. Now. This eagle, and it flies right by us, and it does kind of like a figure eight and shows you both, and it lands on this rock. And I'm like, that's like, and amazingly enough, because I'm normally the guy going, oh, wow, look at that. But no, nobody said a word. So you can hear... You can hear like the wings flapping. You can hear the it's it's really Oh, I gotta cool. see this video. So that was that was our saying. Then we had a bonfire Saturday afternoon into the evening. We we, 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 we burned up some wood and got rid of that. <laughs> Then we, we burned up, burned burned up, up a little wood, wood on Saturday night. Burned up cleared weird. the land a little bit. Burned up a little wood, uh, and then uh, and then we cooked all day yesterday. Yeah, what do you mean you all day? Well, we cook a lot because that way you know because we're both busy people. And that way you've got you cook some, for the week. Not not necessarily every Sunday, but some Sundays when we cook, we cook a lot. I made the largest batch of minestrone soup I've ever made. Love in my a life minestrone yesterday. soup. Minestrone, it was fantastic. Yeah. Really can't. And we, had, we did that. Uh, we had this uh, kind of Caribbean pork, Caribbean Asian fusion thing Jeez, you guys are that, that we made a big batch of. Like we the did new um, We did some some breakfast, some egg burrito or egg uh, uh, quiches for. Yeah, it was fun. So we cooked Jeez. all day yesterday, and then we got all geared up to sit down and watch the blue and the gold handle Cleveland, and just watched in slack jawed amazement as the Pacers just let that thing fritter right away from them. And oh, so that was my weekend. How was your weekend? Well, I was going to Jackson. How was your weekend? Okay, uh, I had pizza, Westworld, Sounders training, more Westworld, Thai food, more Westworld, hanging out with friends, uh, uh, more Westworld, Sounders uh, game, they pulled off 3-1 win yesterday, and then more Westworld. You skipped the part where you dropped acid. Uh, no, I, I did not. A lot of Westworld. Lots of Westworld. I don't know if I'm going to dip my toe back into season two. God, it's so good. Season it one was so just good. What, what is it? I don't know. What is it? It's like, uh, remember Lost? No. Okay. That's, no. It's, what? It's just, just qu- qu- yes, it's forget confusing. about this. No. No. Confusing. no. If it's a confusing show. No. If it's confusing, on, I won't not, get it. Listen, it's very good. It's really good. And the acting is great. Is it confusing? It's no, confusing. if you think about it, if you actually use your brain to think about what's it's going confusing. on, it's not. Because yeah, I'm, I'm There's not. There's two I, timelines. Once you I'll, figure that I'll out, just it's easy. Tell you to, okay. For you not to acknowledge that it's a little bit confusing is unfair. Of course it is a little bit confusing, well, but if you think about it. Yeah, but it not, it's not too confusing to the point where it's not enjoyable. I need things mapped out for me. Uh, my weekend what? was great. It was spent on uh, Saturday driving to uh, and back from Kennewick, Washington for the uh, Washington State 
gymnastics oh. championships where they round up about 600 girls. They put them in the size of a gymnasium that is the size of this studio. <laughs> and that literally had all of the parents sitting in something this size, yeah. which is the size of like a one's living room. Yeah. I'm sitting on you know laps of people from uh, Othello and and Spokane and Bellevue. It was very tight. Yeah. Uh, I would never have it there again in the uh, the Kennewick Sports Complex. Is that right? Uh, free parking. Well, that was great. Parking was wonderful. But inside the sports complex where they have the uh, eight-year-old girls gymnastics state championships, yes, they do state championships for that. And, uh, it was and, very tight in there. And your daughter was in the state championships? She was in the state championships. I thought this was the one she had to skip. No, it was Sunday was the... Sunday was the all-star one. Oh, okay, where they, all right, got, the, it. got the, it. The elite eight-year-olds get to go compete. She could not compete in that one because she was starring as a silly girl in the uh, Loyal Heights rendition of Beauty and a Beast, and she nailed, you know, a huge part. They sing, and she, you know, she grabs the muscle of Gaston and faints, and she did a wonderful job. Wow. But Saturday was wonderful. She placed six. She's the sixth best uh, eight-year-old gymnast in the state, so hell of an accomplishment for nice. Beast Mode. Um, we made her walk home because she didn't get first, but well, that's yeah. fine. Look, I mean, you're not on the podium. Podium sure. people get a ride home. Hey. Non-podium peeps she's, walk. She's like, do I get ice cream? I said, you would have if you got first, but yeah. you didn't. So Try you, to keep up. Dad's driving fast. You get pudding. So, yeah, two and two and back uh, from <laughs> Kennewick, Washington. Boy, that's just a lovely drive, let me tell you. Uh, that was just awesome. But uh, that, that was a long day on Saturday, but uh, it was a fun weekend. And, of course, the uh, Loyal Heights Elementary does a hell of a job with their plays or with their musicals. I'm telling you, kindergarten is through fifth graders. This you girl, went to a musical on Saturday as well? No, Sunday. Sunday. This, yesterday was the musical. And what was it? Beauty and the Beast. Did you just not listen to me? Are, are, we, are we still on? Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. She was wonderful. They, these, these, these elementary kids, it's better than stuff you find on, down here in Fifth Avenue. It's unbelievable. I'm still wondering how she got home from Kennewick walking in time to be in Beauty well, and the Beast. That's where I got somebody screwed Somebody picked up. her up, gas, and gave her a ride home. <laughs> the voice of the Mariners, I guess new voice of the Mariners, Gary Hill, a former Murrow School of Communication alum, uh, joins the program next.